to Urban Forum Northwest with your host, Eddie Rye Jr. Uh, we're going to go right to my first guest, uh, very distinguished gentleman. Uh, Edward Prince is on the Renton City Council. He is the executive director of the Washington State Commission on African American Affairs, and he's also a board member of uh, the Sound Transit, which is our regional transportation uh, uh, entity that is building uh, uh, stuff all across the region. And uh, we want to make sure that we are on some of those jobs. But first of all, uh, Ed Prince, I'd just like to have you, first of all, just talking a little bit about uh, what's happening with the Commission on African American Affairs. We'll go down the line uh, because you do have several responsibilities. Absolutely, Eddie. Uh, good afternoon. Uh, it's always good to be on the show. Uh, right now, we're in the midst of the legislative session, uh, following and tracking bills. And uh, I was just talking to my team in Olympia earlier today. And our next legislative bill tracker comes out tomorrow. Uh, but we've been tracking everything from the Washington Future Fund, uh, which would give $4,000 to every child born uh, that has Apple Health. Um, and once it matures and they get to the age of 18 or 21, uh, they can use it to buy a house, go to college, um, or start a business. So we've been following that. Uh, we've also been following um, all the gun bills that the governor uh, proposed and the bill on outlawing solitary confinement. Now, uh, the, the session is how, this is, how long is the session? This is a long session, so it's 105 days. We're uh, we're in week five right now. Okay, and uh, lost uh, track people, on able to people able to testify virtually, right? They yes, they're allowing they're allowing people to testify. I think what they found is that it works really well, and it opens up the process to more people when you allow people to testify virtually. Because if you lived in Spokane and you cared about an issue, you'd either have to drive all the way from Spokane to Olympia to maybe get two minutes to testify, sometimes one, depending on how popular the issue is, um, and then drive or fly back, which isn't really conducive. So having it virtual has opened up the opportunities to a lot more people. And I think that uh, I applaud the, the legislative process for uh, taking that step because it is uh, economical. I think that's why a lot of the corporations are saying, no, we'd rather have you work from home because you went to the job seven days a week. You have to worry about getting on the freeway, having somebody cut you off. Then you got to take lunch and you got to drive home. Well, you know, it's, so it, uh, it makes a lot of sense to me. I feel sorry for some of the landlords, though, who having their office complexes vacated by yeah. these intelligent corporate uh, owners. <clears throat> but Ed, in terms of uh, the Renton City Council, what are your priorities there? And uh, uh, how many African-American members do we have in the Renton City Council? We have two African-American members of the Renton City Council, myself and James Alberson. Um, my priorities are a number of things. One, um, I want us, I'm always focused on what we're doing around contracting. Um, every time we have a contract that comes up, I'm like, okay, what process did we use for this? Um, so that's one. Secondly, uh, really concerned about the rising rents and what can we do to provide some uh, protections for some of these tenants. Um, and they're just always concerned about what's going on with public safety, uh, both on the making sure that we're not profiling, 
but also making sure that it doesn't get too out of control. And I understand that. Now, I want to say that I got I received a proclamation from Jimmy Mata on the Burien City Council uh, on uh, Monday evening uh, on behalf of uh, Black History uh, uh, Proclamation. And uh, I appreciate the fact that part of the proclamation is, whereas the federal beating of Tyree Nichols by Memphis Police Department officers is the latest incident in a long line of unacceptable police violence against Black Americans. That's part of the, uh, and I was really glad he put that in there. Uh, as uh, uh, the state, I guess they've had an event already. Will uh, Will the city of Renton have a proclamation? Uh, we are like, doing a Black History Month proclamation. I have not seen it yet, so I'll have okay. to see it. Proclamations come out of the mayor's office, uh, so I'll have to see what it says. I know both the police chief and the mayor put out statements condemning what happened to Tyree Nichols. Mm -hmm. Um, I did a police ride along last Saturday uh, night with a sergeant, and we spent, I think I was with him for four hours. We spent a good hour and a half at that time talking about Tyree Nichols, talking about George Floyd, uh, talking about um, the culture in some police departments and how it's bad and how, you know, good officers need to do more to make sure they're calling out the bad ones. Uh, yeah, I, I'm pleased to hear that. But I was wondering if you could request from the mayor a Renton Black History proclamation so everybody on the Renton City Council, because all the council members in Burien signed on. But I just think that that's some of the things we have to do. Now, the other thing is that, you know, uh, uh, and before we go to sound transit, because I want to I want to have Bob talk to you a little bit later about this regional uh, DOT uh, confab he's putting together that will include several states in mm -hmm. the Northwest. We'll go into that a little later. Uh, but I wanted to talk to you about, uh, I've recently, you know, the White States uh, uh, Civil Rights Coalition on behalf of 22 African-American members of the clergy, civil rights organizations, individuals filed a uh, complaint with the U.S. Department of Justice Civil Rights Division, November 23rd, 2021. Uh, that complaint was sent over to, uh, to Pete Buttigieg at DOT, because they said, well, the issues are with DOT, uh, but some attorneys are saying discrimination is discrimination should be handled by the Justice Department, and the Justice Department can hand out remedies uh, that DOT can't hand out. Uh, I think that it's has gotten to the point where uh, Adam Smith, the Congressman Adam Smith, did a letter two weeks after he saw the complaint. Uh, Senator Patty Murray also chimed in. Uh, we know that uh, uh, and I think you received a copy of because mm -hmm. when Congressman Benny Thompson saw the OMWBE report where African Americans did 0.18 percent, uh, and the uh, Department of your Procurement Agency, uh, Department of Enterprise Services, uh, or even worse than that, they did less than one percent with all minorities. So now we realize that uh, Gary, Governor Gary Locke, issued uh, Governor's Directive 98-01 in December of 1998 that actually killed affirmative action in the state up until last year when he rescinded it so Governor Inslee could uh, put forth an executive order. But looking at the results of an executive order is not too pleasing. Are you familiar with the lackluster performance of the Washington State uh, uh, agencies and doing business with African-Americans and other people of color? Uh, I am. Um, and it's a conversation that I've had multiple times with various different directors at uh, the Department of Enterprise Services, trying not to use acronyms, 
and at the Office of Minority Women Business Enterprise, um, and with the uh, Secretary of DOT, uh, who's my fellow Sound Transit board member. And so what kind of a response are you getting? I always get that we're working on it and that, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> we, didn't get here. we didn't get here uh, real quick. It's going to be a while before we get out of it. Um, and I will say, and it was a previous director. Um, and so I'm not going to throw dirt on them, but we built a building at the state Capitol a few years back. Um, uh, the, I believe at the Helen Summers building and while they were building that building, we were having the conversation about uh, DBEs and procurements and what we can do. Um, and I, my office at the time just happened to be right next door to that building. So every day I would go to work, I'd pass by the site um, and I wouldn't see anyone that looked like us on the site. So I asked that director when I saw him, um, we're doing all this work on this we've got this active site here. I don't see anyone that looks like me on this site. And they're like, oh no, we have people that are working on that. I was like, you're gonna have to show me numbers because I don't see it. I've never seen it. I was like, my eyes do not deceive me because I know what a black person looks like. I mean, I've been one for almost 49 years. So I know what a black person looks like. And they're willing to get you the numbers. They never got me the numbers. Um, and when, and so I said, okay, you want me to keep coming to these meetings, but when you have an active project, I'm going to pull back from, because obviously you're not, your words aren't matching your actions. I'm going to pull back for a little bit and not come to these meetings. And then, you know, they were like, well, why aren't you coming to the meetings? I'm like, because we've got an active construction site and I don't see the people that we're talking about. We want to serve on that site. So it's been a ongoing, um, an ongoing struggle and battle. Yeah. <clears throat> now, uh, I have to give Lee Fernandez credit. She's been open and fair. Uh, as a matter of fact, some people criticize her for making sure for us to get a copy of public information. That's the report. But uh, also, there's an effort underway right now uh, to have uh, members of the Congressional Black Caucus sign on. Because the governor did serve in Congress with some of those members. Mm -hmm. And uh, when they saw uh, uh, the, just the numbers of, that African-Americans are 0.18%, and then, you know, we have meetings with people, we talked for a year, you know, we filed this, this uh, complaint, uh, hopefully uh, that something will come about it through, through the Department of Justice. But, uh, you know, we keep hearing about what the outreach efforts, the in, out for inclusion and stuff, and it's not working. And uh, so I'm just saying that, you know, we just have to be honest about it. Either people are going to let us participate or they're not. And uh, and I think that's why it's so important that the, the Bob Armstead, the architect of that civil rights uh, complaint, and up to 21 other souls that signed on to it, uh, need some relief through the Department of Justice. Uh, you know, we Eddie, can all can I, can I add one more thing? Yes, sir. So I remember when Initiative 200 passed here in the state of Washington. Um, I remember the conversations we had about what would need to be done to rescind the Governor Locke's proclamation. I remember all of that. I think another part of the problem we have 
is a cultural one because we have people steeped in certain agencies who like the way that things are going now and don't want to do work to change what's happening. And they're like, well, I can outweigh a director. I can outweigh a governor. I can outweigh whatever. And so I think it's really in some way systemic. There are no question about it. That's exactly why uh, I'm so happy that Bob Armstead put together that complaint because of the fact people are not going to move. They're not going to move. And they'll use any excuse, but they, I mean, uh, affirmative action, you know, discrimination is still illegal. You can say whatever you want to about affirmative action. But uh, there are efforts underway to uh, to bring uh, this to light. I mean, we've had conversations with the National Association of Minority Contracts, the Washington chapter, have had the new uh, and first uh, director, Undersecretary of Commerce and Director of Minority Business Development Agency, uh, 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 Daniel, uh, uh, man, I'm losing this, uh, help me, Cravens, Cravens, Cravens. Uh, okay. So uh, we have a, a Tacoma office that Frank Boykin is handling. So we have a lot of things put together, but like right now, Sound Transit, they received a whole bunch of money and we don't know if we're in, included in that. I've driven by down 405 and stuff. I have yet to see a black person on one of those jobs. You know, I just have not seen it yet. And to talk about black contractors, you know, after 23 years of no affirmative action, uh, Hey, you know, people who are qualified are not going to risk their money to sit on the sidelines and wait for some guy to choose them. You know, it just doesn't work that way. So hopefully, uh, through the Department of Justice, we'll have some real changes made and some uh, people be made whole who've been harmed by the discrimination that's been allowed to fester in the state of Washington. And the numbers are not my numbers. They're, they're Washington State's numbers. Mm-hmm. Numbers don't have a personality. But we know if we look at them, we don't see our, we're not represented. That means that we're not not working. But 23 years, that's one of the reasons why we lost the CD. But what I would like to do, if you have a couple more minutes, I'd like to have Bob Armstead talk about this regional conference because Sound Transit and the Commission on African American Affairs and the city of Renton would all have an interest in this. Absolutely. So uh, Bob Armstead is the president of the Washington chapter of National Association of Minority Contractors. Uh, Ed, uh, uh, NAMC up here was the Central Contractors Association. The first uh, NAMC was formed uh, in Oakland, California, 1969. And uh, the Central Contractors Association, we didn't go nationals in 72 to Ron Nellowshook at National. But the founder, Joe Devereaux and Willie Allen, the late Willie Allen, were uh, president of the Central Contractors. They had a consulting uh, firm, JDA Consulting Group, Joe Devereaux and Allen. It was located on 21st and uh, and Union. And so uh, it's a historic Black organization. And when people try to trash uh, NAMC, I have to let them know I'm not going to allow uh, Bob Armstead, myself, and Grover Johnson were founders. We all came back on the board. We're not going to let anyone drop kick and disrespect a historic Black organization that's created a lot of opportunities, not only here, but around the country. But we got to make a better effort here. So I want Bob Armstead to come in and talk about what he's working on that might give us some relief. Go right ahead, Bob. Uh, thank you, Eddie. Uh, thank you, Ed. Uh, First, on the uh, the complaint, uh, the complaint was filed, as Eddie said, in November 2021. Uh, it was filed with the 
Department of Justice. Uh, the complaint was filed against the state of Washington and Jay Inslee as the governor of the state of Washington. And in the complaint, uh, the three points were civil rights violation, uh, discrimination, and disparate impacts. Uh, we had 38 attachments to the complaint uh, that were evidence of the uh, complaint that we were filing. All of those uh, 38 documents were documents either prepared by or for uh, public agencies. None of them were our documents. Uh, the complaint with the documents primarily had examples of violations uh, related to agencies funded uh, by and through the Department of Transportation. Uh, so that is one of the reasons that the Department of Justice has attempted to uh, pass the complaint on to the Department of Transportation. We specifically stated in the complaint that the complaint covered all areas and categories of non-participation uh, in state activities. Education, health, I mean, you go right down the list. What has happened is the uh, complaint was uh, passed on to or referred to the Department of Transportation to, uh, to act on. We received a, an initial response from the Department of Transportation that was just in, insulting in, in every way in that they did not respond to any of the items in the complaint. Uh, it was just a bim bam, thank you ma'am type thing. Uh, as Eddie stated, we have had uh, letters written to uh, the Department of Justice and the Department of Transportation uh, supporting our complaint. Uh, first uh, by uh, Adam, uh, our uh, local congressional. Uh, also followed that by Patty Murray, who's a senior senator uh, from the state of Washington. And most recently by Benny Thompson, who is or was the past uh, chairman of a number of committees uh, in the U.S. House of Representatives, uh, most notably recently was the January 6th uh, inquiry. Uh, where we are now, we have uh, other congressional representatives that have prepared letters. Those are being circulated, and as soon as they're released uh, by those congressional offices, we will make that information available. Uh, in pursuit of that, we have had continuous contact uh, with the Department of Transportation, uh, with the Department of Justice, uh, following up on our complaint. When the uh, Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act was passed, uh, President Biden specifically spoke about uh, the required participation of minorities. Uh, 
initially, there was a requirement that that participation be 10% of the, uh, the amount of the, uh, the act to be funded. Uh, Within the last several months, uh, oh, around the last quarter of last year, and most recently, uh, when he spoke on MLK Junior Day, uh, that percentage was increased to 15%. Now, the, the total uh, funding uh, requested in the act, I think, is $1.7 trillion. Uh, the total amount is not for infrastructure. There are other things, uh, but the amount for infrastructure is is very very large. It's in the hundreds of billions of dollars. So fifteen percent of that number is a large amount. Uh, we have expressed concern to Secretary Buttigieg uh, and to White House staffers that. Uh, for the last 23 years, regardless of how things come into Washington State uh, that are federal dollars, uh, we in the Black African American community have not received the benefit of that. Uh, we supplied documents to Secretary Buttigieg prepared by the state and other agencies within the state that demonstrate uh, what we're saying. And we have requested that we want to have money spent in the Black community, community concurrently with where they're being spent other places. Uh, so that at some point in the future, they cannot come back and say, as they have said for the last 23 years, Sorry, but the money spent, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get you next time. Uh, we have been watching allocations to agencies uh, in Washington state. And most recently, oh, I think about three weeks ago, there was an announcement about an expedited award of 660 something million dollars to Sound Transit under the act. Uh, so part of our ask uh, is to sound transit uh, to help us understand what their planning has been in anticipation of this so that they have a <clears throat> an action plan uh, in hand to ensure that as they receive uh, these dollars, that there is something in place to ensure that they are distributed to the uh, African-American community at the same time that they're distributed to prime contractors and others. Uh, our calculation is that uh, to this point, uh, over a billion dollars uh, has been allocated to sound transit uh, and the numbers will only increase. Uh, we have uh, stated to Secretary Buttigieg that we want every dollar that they can find to send to Washington State, come to Washington State. We just want to make sure that we're included 
uh, in those expenditures when they occur. Okay, Bob, our time is up. We're going to take a break. So uh, uh, Bob will have to talk about the regional conference next week, and we might have time. Hold on, Bob, because I want to make sure Ed hears about that and have a front row seat at it. So, Rick, let's take this break and come right back. Why sit in bumper-to-bumper traffic when you can hop on Link Light Rail and fly by the gridlock? It's a smoother, easier, stress-free way to get where you want to go. Whether you're heading north to Capitol Hill and the University of Washington or south to Columbia City, Tukwila, and the airport, Link Light Rail will get you there quickly and safely. And if you have an ORCA card, even better. Just tap on the yellow card reader when you get on and listen for the beep to let you know your card has been accepted. Then tap your card reader again once you've reached your destination and listen for the double beep to let you know you've tapped off correctly. To find the closest Link Light Rail station or to learn how to get an ORCA card, just go to soundtransit.org and type Link Light Rail into the search bar. Sound Transit's Link Light Rail. Just another way that Sound Transit is powering progress. Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity of Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community, and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion, and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.ctacshops.com. You found us. Maybe you've been guided to listen. Alternative Talk 1150. All right, Eric, thanks for Aretha. Uh, we are back and we have been joined by uh, Peter Manning, who was owner of Bella Soul, uh, and also uh, Mike Asai, who is uh, the owner of Emerald City Collective Garden. And both of these gentlemen are in the cannabis business. And I'll let them uh, tell you, I want to start with, with Mr. Mike, since I know his whole family. So uh, we want him to go ahead and kick it off. And then uh, Peter could jump right in and share the pain that y'all have endured. So uh, Mike, go right ahead and let people know what happened. We have about 12 minutes. So go ahead and start, sir. Thank you, Mr. Rye. Hey, just want to say I appreciate you having us on today. Uh, this has been a very... Uh, traumatic experience for us and very important to us. Uh, my name is Mike Asai. I started Emerald City Collective. We were the first downtown Seattle uh, medical dispensary in 2010. Uh, we were fully licensed. We paid our taxes. We did everything the right way. Uh, we were the, the, the uh, Peter and I and others, we are the medical cannabis pioneers in Washington state. Uh, and unfortunately, we were unjustly shut down in 2016 because of uh, Senate Bill 5052. That was supposed to be a medical a recreational merger. But what it was, was it was really a takeover of medical and a shutdown of all the Black dispensaries uh, in Seattle, in King County, throughout Washington. It was strategic. Uh, 2013, there was a lottery. Uh, the lottery gave those retailers one license. 5052 gave them three. So, but 
under to get those three, you had to be able to have the credentials of the collective garden of the dispensary like Emerald City Collective, meaning been licensed, paid taxes, was open prior to 2013. Well, you know, when I uh, turned the application in, uh, the LCB, uh, they like to uh, use verbiage in the way they wanted. Uh, they use selective verbiage uh, in uh, distributing the license. And uh, because of that, I was a priority too. Uh, Peter has a unique story as well of that as well. Uh, at the end of the day, we were cut out, we were shut out, and we did nothing wrong. And so, you know, now we've been fighting uh, for the inclusion to get back into the market. Uh, we want some form of reparations for this, uh, for the Black Memphis uh, pioneers. Yeah, well, I think that uh, that sounds like a whole bunch of Black folks in business in Washington State, sadly. Now, uh, when did, uh, so they closed you down in 2016. That's correct. Okay, so unjust, unjustly, unjustly. So uh, now we had uh, a liquor and cannabis board member on last week, Ali Garrett, and she was saying that there's a new social justice initiative in the cannabis industry. Is that something that you guys are included in? Uh, yes, I'll let Peter uh, chime in on that. Uh, there's a, a Senate Bill 2870 that passed three years ago, social equity uh, in cannabis. And so right now that program is going live March 1st. There's also a new bill, uh, Senate Bill 5080, that expands the social equity program. Uh, it's a good thing, uh, but it's not a great thing. And I'll, I'll let Peter chime in on that. Go right ahead, uh, Peter Manning. Hi, hey, thank you for having me, uh, Mr. Rye. Yeah, I'm Peter Manning with Bell Soleil. We were the third Black-owned uh, dispensary uh, in the Seattle area. We actually were licensed and whatnot. Of course, we had our our problems with LCV, we actually had a, applied for seven applications. We were approved. And that's a, a, a that that was a nightmare in itself because uh, we were competing against the cronyism and nepotism that the LCV was played with back then. It was all white. Um, we subsequently lost all those licenses, went to court, gained two of them back with the help of Ed Prince and his organization, African-American Affairs. And Paula Shardinas, uh, they helped us get those two applications back. Uh, we thank them. Uh, uh, we thank Ed Prince. Uh, he was instrumental in that. He was also instrumental in 2872, which gave us uh, the social equity. It, it brought to the forefront that there was a need for inclusion in the cannabis industry. And it actually shined the light that it was 98% white and the rest were other uh, members of society, uh, you know, uh non-black yeah non-black yeah exactly okay. <laughs> so i was just trying to frame it right man without insulting anyone you know well, i mean but, the facts are just the facts yeah the facts are the facts and yeah it was sad so now here we are in uh six years later um uh, and there's still no stores included uh it's the illusion of inclusion the sean kemp prop up you know, the uh, there was an article done on us in the uh, Washington Post where we exposed um, uh, the, Sean, the Sean Kemp uh, scandal or fraud. Uh, now we're back here again. Sean Kemp's opened up another store, which is it's just Ramsey and in uh, Amid Ramsey, I think his name is. Um, they're just using this this uh, this like I live in Skyway. Uh, have a hearts up here. They got a big mural of like 50 black folks on it and it's owned by a, a white man. Um, it's the illusion of inclusion still. Um, we have, we have 50, 80 that Senator Saldana is currently working on that's going to add 
100 retail or 90 something retail licenses, 100 processors and producer licenses, if we can get it through uh, the house and up for a vote. So what? So what's the next step, uh, uh, brother Mike? So right now, the, you know, the next step, like as I said, we, March first, uh, the social equity program goes live with forty-four licenses, uh, and you know, there's been a problem and issue with with those licenses that are available. Uh, some are good, and a lot of them are bad. A lot of them are in banned moratoriums. Uh, with Senate Bill fifty eighty, that will make those licenses portable, uh, meaning mobile. They can be placed anywhere uh, that a city or county sees fit, and that will add fifty-two to the forty-four. Uh, and as Peter said, it'll also add a uh, hundred producer processor license as well. And this is all for social equity. The goal is for these to get into the black and brown hands. Uh, but, you know, there's going to be some manipulation. Uh, we're hoping the manipulation is not to where it was in 2015. Uh, but because the LCB is not willing to use black as a criteria uh, to get a license or be top of the list, uh, it's just kind of open for everyone. Uh, so uh, that's the next steps right now. Uh, we're hopeful the program will be successful. Uh, there was some issues with the DIA, as you may have heard uh, from uh, Miss Garrett. And I just want to just say, you know, Miss Ollie Garrett, we love her. We support her. Uh, she has done a great job uh, in these past years uh, on the task force and the social equity. Uh, she's been attacked unfairly. Uh, which is unfortunate, uh, you know, being the only uh, Black uh, board member, and I believe the original only Black ever board member on the Liquor Cannabis Board. Uh, so we're in support of her. Uh, we're in support and we appreciate uh, Paula Sardinas and the work she's done. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We definitely uh, love the, the work that Senator Saldana's done and also the work of uh, Deborah, Representative Deborah Intamin as well. So yeah. we're very hopeful uh, that the next steps are going to be good uh, for the Black uh, community. Uh, but it's unfortunate because right now in King County, there is zero, let me say it again, zero African-American ownership in Dr. King County. And that is a shame. When the Black pioneers started this, showed the state that, you know, this can be a business that's ran legitly. We did that. We paid our taxes and we did nothing wrong, but we got unjustly shut down. Let me chime like in you here. Guys sign up on a civil rights complaint because this is the same kind of issue that Blacks in this state are having across the board. And anytime you get... Congressman Benny Thompson to write a letter uh, making uh, a bring into light that blacks are being discriminated against in Washington State. Yeah. And uh, so uh, I don't know if you heard uh, Bob Armstead, our president of the National Association of Minority Contractors for Washington. Uh, he's the architect of the complaint, the civil rights complaint. And you guys are, are eligible to sign on to the civil rights complaint if you so desire, because it's about getting equity for African Americans. Let me say, African descendants of the United States enslaved. Yes. Spent yes sir. Years. They built this joint for free. So uh, now you would both are eligible, and Bob Armstead is on the line with us right now. And I'll hook y'all up. But this okay. is just a pattern all across Washington State this denial of access for Black folks, African descendants, to participate in the economic pie of Washington State. It's, I mean, it's been going on for years. Everybody knows it. There's been nine or 10 disparity studies all saying the same thing. And then the latest report from OMWBE, it shows that uh, 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 Blacks did 0.18% of the state's business. Now, mm -hmm. you know, and first of all, no affirmative action for 23 years. And then we got an executive order last year, but the numbers come out, they're dismal. And uh, hopefully uh, with the help of Congressional Black Caucus and Congressman Benny Thompson and others, 
Adam Smith, Senator Patty Murray, we can get some economic justice. And uh, you guys fall right into that. Zero black cannabis distributors, well, stores, black-owned stores in, King, in Martin Luther King Jr. County. Yeah. Not one. Yes, sir. That's, that Not is one. Correct. Hey, so, uh, a shout out to Ed, Mr. Prince. Uh, there's, you know, Renton can use some black um, uh, dispensaries in Renton. I don't, I don't think you guys have any there if you're still online. Well, I, I, he got us picked up. He might be on another call, but I, I think that's a good question to ask Ed Prince. I might have to call him on the phone and tell him to get back, log back on so he can deal with that because he's in a position to put forth. Uh, those items as a member of the Renton City Council. I think there's a said there's another African American on. If you if you don't speak up, uh, if you don't show up, you know, and don't stand up, you will just be dismissed completely. And this last 23 years has been too much. That's how Black folks lost the CD behind redlining and lack of opportunities. And we have studies every year showing that Blacks are being discriminated against. Yet nothing is done about it. So uh, right. hopefully the black folks who are, 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 you know, out there trying to get their stuff together and willing to stand up. Because some people think if you stand on the dotted line or speak up against racism, uh, you'll be whiteballed. I don't call it blackballed. You'll be <laughs> whiteballed and you won't have any opportunities. If you look at the numbers, you're not having any opportunities anyway. So you really yeah. don't have anything to lose. And uh, hopefully uh, if the DO Department of Justice comes in, not only can people get opportunities, but also so people can be made whole. So what is the, what is the next uh, steps for, for the two of you, the two pioneer cannabis store owners? Uh, to persuade the city of Seattle to give Black folks uh, reparations for the stores that they took. You know, reach out to Bruce Harrell and uh, city council. Uh, they most definitely came after us under the Ed Murray administration, along with David Mendoza. They, they targeted us. Uh, they they targeted us with the with the DEA, the FBI, and the Liquor Control Board. We were a target. We were assassinated. The whites wanted those locations we have, and they currently have them now. Every spot that you go in now and you look at, there are white-owned stores where blacks used to be, and that was by design. You so know, they so got they the Reggie owned. White in, in West Seattle. Uh, he I'm sorry? Store, Reggie White owned a cannabis store in West Seattle. And they told him that uh, he had to move to Vashon Island to do recreational. But then a white organization comes right in behind him, the same store almost, and they're operating right now. So obviously, uh, this is just outright racism. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. There's Without no a doubt. question about it. There's no yeah. question about it. Well, I'm certainly you know, hoping that if you guys had a chance to have an audience with, with Mayor Bruce Arrow, we have. Yes. Yeah, we did. We, we've had a chance to have one meeting with him so far. Uh, looking for, That meeting went great. Uh, we're looking to have multiple meetings with him and his staff. Uh, we uh, know that Bruce Harold uh, is behind us and behind the black, the, 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 he's behind black inclusion in this cannabis uh, industry. Uh, we all know that blacks were arrested at the highest rates of any other race when it comes to cannabis. Now we're being traumatized when it's the legalization now. And, you know, it's unfortunate because uh, my story, Mo City Collective, is two blocks from where Sean Kemp is, and love Sean Kemp. Grew up watching Sean Kemp slam dunk, doing great things. Nothing against Sean Kemp, but they used him for the illusion of inclusion, and it's hurtful because people think that Sean Kemp around the country and around the world is black owned, and you know we we have to get that changed. Hmm. <clears throat> 
that is really, really unfortunate to have somebody of that uh, caliber and stature to allow themselves to be used. That's really uh, uh, unbelievable. But like I said, there, Bob Armstead has uh, filed his complaint. And uh, 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 Bob, would these guys fit into uh, the civil rights complaint? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Uh, and if they are, are interested, we'd welcome and have a conversation and include them. Okay. I'll yes, most sure. definitely. Absolutely. Well, I'll make, I'll make sure that happens. So I think I'm going to cheat and go ahead and take a break. I want all you guys to hold on. Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity of Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community, and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion, and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.ctacshops.com. Why sit in bumper-to-bumper traffic when you can hop on Link Light Rail and fly by the gridlock? It's a smoother, easier, stress-free way to get where you want to go. Whether you're heading north to Capitol Hill and the University of Washington or south to Columbia City, Tukwila, and the airport, Link Light Rail will get you there quickly and safely. And if you have an ORCA card, even better. Just tap on the yellow card reader when you get on and listen for the beep to let you know your card has been accepted. Then tap your card reader again once you've reached your destination and listen for the double beep to let you know you've tapped off correctly. To find the closest Link Light Rail station or to learn how to get an ORCA card, just go to soundtransit.org and type Link Light Rail into the search bar. Sound Transit's Link Light Rail. Just another way that Sound Transit is powering progress. Talk radio for the heart and soul. Alternative Talk 1150. All right. Eddie, right back. Listen to that 50-year-old, 60-year-old music. It still sounds good. Used to really party on that. So uh, yes, during the break, Bob Armstead and uh, the, uh, Mike and uh, uh, Peter were talking about uh, the civil rights complaint. And uh, it's obvious that they have all the documentation that would be required to join on. Is that right, uh, President Bob? Uh, Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, for them to know, all of our supporting documentation so far has been information that has either been prepared by or for public agencies. Hmm. None of us have been our information. Yeah, you know, if I can chime in there, I think one of our problems is, you know, we got to get unified when we when we have a problem, we got to, you know, get unified and get organized as a group. You know, me and Mike currently are uh, battling, you know, the elements of white supremacy on the level of uh, white ownership that that the white retailers, they are trying to prevent us from getting the social equity passed. We see it every day when we go to Olympia. 
they, you know, they, they're coming out with uh, things such as oversaturation. If black people are allowed to get in, we're going to become drug dealers, all the while selling drugs themselves. You know, uh, and I think black people, we, we don't understand that we all have a common enemy. We may have different objectives and different outlooks, but we all have the same oppressor. We have the same enemy trying to keep us from generational wealth. We need to understand that first. And that's how we need to bring us all in uh, under one umbrella of, of unity and fight opposition where it's on the front lines and not be okay, divided. Well, i tell you what, that's why I want you guys to get with uh, Bob Armstead. Uh, I want to thank both of y'all for your time, for your struggles, but they're not in vain. And uh, we have some, uh, remember the Renton City Council can be an advocate, also a sound transit board member can be an advocate. But uh, we're going to go to uh, Hayward Evans now to talk about uh, Black History in Washington State, an event that's coming up on February uh, 25th at Holgate Street Church of Christ at 3.30. I'd like to invite you guys to come in there and, uh, uh, you know, uh, fellowship with folks and see who the recipients of these awards will be. And I think you'll be pleased with all of them. So I want to make sure I'll get, uh, Bob, get both of you guys Bob Armstead's information uh, okay. as soon as this program's over. So we want to go to Hayward Evans right Thank now. Thank you, Mr. Rye. I appreciate you. Okay. Thank you, th yes. thank you guys, too. And uh, we're with you on the struggle always, okay? All right, thank you. Thank okay, you. all right, brother. Okay, Haywood Evans is a co-convener of the Seattle King County Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, Commemoration Committee. And uh, the committee uh, has a Black History event. We uh, also um, memorialize, remember, August 4th, the day of Dr. King's assassination. And then our other important date, after the Martin Luther King March and stuff, we do this, where we're there too. And then we, August 28th is the anniversary of the 1963 March on Washington, D.C. for jobs and freedom. So, you know, uh, and today we have to fight as vigorously as ever for our rights. And you just heard that part of the program. So, uh, hey, would give us an idea about a couple of significant things about Washington State Black history. Then let's talk about uh, the uh, February 25th event, because what we're going to do is that the next few weeks we'll have either one of the wardies on one of the presenters on to give people a flavor of what it's going to be like. So uh, why don't you go right ahead, Hayward Evans. You know, uh, thank you for having me, Eddie. And to the uh, Emerald City Collection, that collective, hey, man, you guys are doing a fantastic job and you're hooking up with the right person when you're hooking up with Bob Armstead. So it's a good move. What you're doing directly fits in to what our theme is this year for Black History Month. And our theme is Black Resistance. And that theme is being held across the nation. When Eddie spoke to you and shared with, with the listening audience, less than 1% of contracts are going to African-Americans, not just African descendants of the United States enslaved. Cut that number in half. Come on. You guys need to be getting that license, and we're here to support you. I know we're here to support you. But as Eddie was alluding to, on the 25th at Holgate Street Church of Christ, that's just approximately uh, two blocks uh, north, of Martin Luther King's Civil Rights Memorial Park, and we like to say civil rights because it belongs to everybody in the community. We're talking about civil rights here. We'll be having the, the award ceremony to recognize those folks in our community who've, uh, who've committed their life, who've committed and, and prepared the opportunities to expand, um, to expand our ability to become one, working together as a collective, and then two, to open up those doors that you, Bob, Eddie, and everybody's been fighting for. Right now is the time that we need people to step up to the plate. 
like um, talking to Ed Prince. What's going on in the city of Renton? Are there any uh, uh, marijuana licenses there? These are issues that have to come up and are part of the whole aspect of, uh, of Black resistance. But again, that program is going to be on the, on the 25th. We hope all of you show up. Holgate Street Church of Christ. Uh, I want to say a uh, shout out and say a thank you to a couple of our sponsors today. The Seattle Office of Arts and Culture, the uh, Seattle Parks Department, Holgate Street Church of Christ, IBEW 46, International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers 46, the African Chamber of Commerce. It's time for people of African ancestry, whether uh, descendants of the enslaved or not, to come together to work collectively, particularly from an economic perspective. Uh, Urban League of Metropolitan Seattle, Rainier Avenue Radio World, and, and our good friend Tony B. Uh, Urban Forum Northwest, of course, Eddie's show, <laughs> co-convener. Uh, Democrats for Diversity and Inclusion, the Electrical Workers Minority Caucus, and they will be adopting the park uh, from this year on as our primary agent to, to light up Martin Luther King Park for the holidays. And of course, not to be left out, the National Association of Minority Contractors, Washington State Chapter, President Bob Armstead. Just want to say thank you for everything you guys have done for the community. Again, that's on the 25th, Holgate Street Church of Christ. Now, Eddie, can we name some of the awards or should we just hold off? Why don't we wait until next week or so? But I want to, I want to thank uh, the shepherd of that house, Minister Jimmy Hurd, who has uh, really been uh, open and he's a, really a really good friend in addition to being a member of the clergy. Uh, he says, uh, this church is up for, for the community and it's, it's open for the community. So uh, uh, we'll, it's a 3.30 event and uh, we'll probably, I'm gonna talk to Bishop Dokes about doing some ribs and, and, and Lewis from Ezel's and Terrell Jackson from Catfish Corner. And then Hayward can go get some, some veggie stuff and fruit stuff for people that don't want no, no, no uh, ribs or chicken or, uh, or fish. They can eat some veggies. So we're going to be doing that. Uh, uh, that will be right after the 3.30 event. It won't last any longer than an hour, hour and 10 minutes. We will go right through. We will. I'm still waiting to hear from Josephine Howell, but we do have Chandler Williams. And uh, hey, we'll, we'll discuss other details about the program. But you know what? Uh, I do need to take one minute to uh, let everybody know of some a couple of things. First of all, uh, this is uh, some sad news with a homegoing ceremony, Tanisha Brooks, uh, who was a long-term member of uh, the Total Experience Gospel Choir, I think since she could probably walk, uh, she's gonna be uh, funeralized, uh, memorialized, I should say, at, uh, at uh, tomorrow, Friday at 11 o'clock a.m. at New Beginnings Christian Fellowship Church. Uh, I also wanna say that my longtime friend, the drummer for the Dave Lewis Combo, uh, George Griffin Jr., passed away and uh, George was outstanding. He was a member of the Garfield Golden Grads. He was uh, a Mr. Everything. Uh, his service will be, uh, Celebration of Life will be Saturday uh, at uh, Saturday 11th at one o'clock p.m. at Freedom Church at the Jesus Center. Uh, that's at 7817 South 122nd Street. And uh, Bishop Zachary Bruce Sr. is in charge of that. That's, uh, and I also wanna mention that at New Beginnings, that's Reverend Dr. Leslie Braxton. Uh, uh, my good friend uh, for many decades, Nancy Mitchell, the wife of Charles Mitchell passed away uh, last Monday. Her service is pending. And I wanna thank, 
uh, Jimmy Mata, hey, where Jimmy Mata issued a Black History proclamation, and he refers to Tyree Nichols and what happened there in the proclamation. I want to thank the City of Sales Purchase Construction Services Department, the Port of Sales University Contracting Office, that's me and Rice, Lawrence Scoban, and Josie Regan, Sound Transit Office of Civil Rights, Equity, and Inclusion. And uh, we definitely want to see some equity and some inclusion. That's what we've been talking about for a very long time. So, uh, Hayward, uh, uh, people have asked me about volunteering. Who do they contact about volunteering to work uh, with uh, MLKCC on this February 25th event? Uh, please, I would be appreciative if, if they could reach out to me. My phone number, can I say my number? Go right ahead. 206-778-6357. So it's just so public. I'm going to put that under your picture on Facebook along with your email address. And my email way, address, uh, Hayward MLKCC, Martin Luther King Commemoration Committee at gmail.com. Hey, we need y'all. Everybody needs to come out. And as Eddie alluded to, we have our uh, February event for Black History Month. April 4th is, you know, was the assassination of Dr. King that we'll have an event because we can't forget. And then August 28th is, is the March on Washington. And considering that it's 55 years ago and we're still marching, Bob, what's up with that? And well, listening to Peter and Mike, we're going to have to continue to march and looking at these numbers. And with Benny Thompson's letter, we're going to have to continue to march. It's just so great to have a member of Congress as esteemed as he is, uh, former chair of the Homeland Security Committee and chair of that January 6th commission. And unfortunately, we have about 25 or 30 members of Congress in the majority now that were aiding and abetting the January 6th insurrection. So uh, but I guess uh, nothing will happen there. But uh, anyway, Bob, I want to thank you. Uh, and we're going to uh, post up every week We want until we get to the March 30th. Whoever comes in, we want to let folks know that. Uh, Peter and Mike, if you guys come up with anything, anything drastic, uh, let me know. This is the People's Hour. So that's the way I look at it. Ed Prince, uh, Renton City Council member, Executive Director Commission on African American Affairs, Sound Transit Board member. We do want to talk to the CEO, Julie Tim, at some point in time. And we'd also like to have Sound Transit be a sponsor of this regional event that's coming up. So I want to thank Bob. I want to thank Mike uh, Asai, Peter Manning, Haywood Evans, uh, uh, Council Member, Executive Director and Board Member, Ed Prince. I want to thank all y'all. Have a good weekend and uh, stay busy because we have a lot of work to do. So thank y'all very much. Have a good weekend. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you, Mr. Rock. Thank you.